the race to win the Big 12 is on the line. Fog Allen Fieldhouse, Baylor, Kansas, college game day. Who comes out on top? This is Locked on Baylor. You are Locked on Baylor, your daily podcast on the Baylor Bears. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. It is finally Friday, free again. Drake Toll from Sports Illustrated's Inside the Bears, alongside Brandon McKinnon from our Daily Bears. Thank you for making Locked On Baylor your first listen every single day. Baylor and Kansas this weekend. Tomorrow now, Brandon, number nine versus number five. The biggest matchup in the country. College game day is on site. And these two teams vying for a share or an outright Big 12 Conference Championship. The winner of this game is in the race squarely. The loser of this game outside looking in. Almost certainly will be in third place. Texas doesn't have a crazy tough matchup. It's likely going to be the winner of Kansas and Texas tied for first in the Big 12 on Saturday evening after these games are done. What if I told you I'm confident? What if I told you I'm not concerned? What if I told you that as long as the Zebras are not the story, Baylor is going to win? And what if I told you when the line comes out and Kansas is favored by four, it's free money? What if I told you those things, Drake? What if four? I told you those things? Maybe more than four, right? I'm just saying, what if I told you that? I feel like I'm on a 30 for 30 right now, you know, but I'm I'm not concerned. I'm just not. All right. 3 p.m. game this weekend, Brandon, uh, between two teams that are both rolling right now. The Bears have won. Yeah. Well, I mean, they've they've only lost one game in their last 10 in Big 12 play, last 11 in Big 12 play. They're yeah. they're 10 they're right like they, they could win the conference they could win the league but you got they've got to win somewhere where it doesn't make sense and it's got it needs to be fog allen Fieldhouse. here's what's interesting brendan i i thought to myself okay i wonder what espn thinks so i went to the mm-hmm. fpi projections ESPN, oh you, you're looking at the circle living and dying by the circle i'm living and dying by the circle which they give kansas a 62 percent chance to win this game which is honestly a little bit lower than i thought it would be and i started thinking huh Maybe you're onto something here. If Baylor can stop Jalen Wilson, which is what TCU did. They just completely shut out Jalen Wilson at Allen Fieldhouse and won by 20 points. If Baylor does that, this could be a bear win. This could there's, I mean, like this. There's could not be a, bear a win. lot of other names, you know. No. But I also I I know Jalen Wilson is the obvious answer of who we need to stop. Right? right He's their yes. top guy. He's always every scouting opponent. That's that's the number one name on the list. Jalen Wilson for good reason. He's like 27 years old now, been in college for longer than you have, Drake, more than likely, and is putting up 30 points a game, like obviously the number one option. But I don't think he's the key. And I have a stat to back it up. And I'm not a stat guy, but I have a stat to back it up. Okay, Dewan Harris Jr. is the key. When he scores more than 10 points, Kansas is 18 and 0 in his tenure at Kansas. That's undefeated. Correct. It was either 18 and 0 or 19 and 0, but we're going with 18. All so right. I think I have a theory. You know, Scott Drew, I know he listens to your pod. He's a big fan. You're going to hear yeah. from him later on in the show. Yeah. Scott, put our best defender, Jalen Bridges, on Dewan Harris. Let Jalen Wilson get his. Shut down their playmaker and Dewan Harris. Hold him to under ten points. Bears by ten. You 
you think that Jalen Bridges is the best defender for Baylor Baylor men's basketball. Can you unpack that for a second here? Is that that's where that's where you're concerned? You're like, you're just leave Jalen Wilson oh, guarded. Oh, yeah. We're not gonna yeah, we're not gonna brush by this point here because you just said that 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 Jalen yeah. Bridges is the best defender on Baylor's team. Can we can we divulge? Can you please go a little deeper into this? Sure. I mean, so uh, the obvious answer is Jonathan Chamuchachua. Yeah, he's right good. now. That's how you say the name. Everyday John is the obvious answer of best defender. But if you're looking at our roster, there's the biggest concern with this team is the defense, right? You're going to go oh, into yeah. fog and we're going to get torched or any really any team could shoot over 50% from the field against us. Jalen Bridges gives us, gives us the most versatility defensively. And I think that if you put a guy that's a little bit longer and we switch everything, so he's going to find himself on Dewan multiple times this game. This is the point I, this the take that I'm going to die on. Uh-huh. He is long. He's versatile. He can protect the rim. He has quick feet and he can defend on ball. And if I'm not mistaken, I think he's our highest rated, most important player, according to Evan Maya. Um, and he's, I think he's the defensively, glue guy. that's it. He is. He's the glue guy. He is the number 19 glue guy in America, according to Evan, which saying a lot, there are 363 teams in America that he tracks. So Jalen Bridges is one of the best glue guys that there that exists, like a Mark Vital esque glue guy who brings more offense even than Mark Vital did. Right. Um, he has been, and we, we've mentioned that there are people that have talked about that. that he's kind of been the cat, the sneaky catalyst for Baylor men's basketball to be so good. Um, I don't know if the defense is exactly what I was leaning on there. It's just like he's clutched down the stretch. But you know what, Brandon, now that you say it, he is a great defender. And- but think about it, Drake. Who else, if you're looking at our roster, if you're going names one through eight, they're going to play over 10, you know, 10, 15 minutes a game. Okay. Who else in that top eight would you say, there's a guy that has the ball, he's going ISO, this is who I want on Baylor's roster. We're up by one point. They're going to go to the hole. Who else do you want on ball in that situation other than Jalen Bridges? Uh, the only other guy. Look, 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 let's be clear. Let's be very clear. This team is so, so much worse defensively than 2021. Like, yes, you that team. There's four guys who come straight to your head. You're like, ah, oh, this guy, lock him down. This guy, lock him down. This year's team is very different in that regard. Uh, but we to, I, I've done I'm guilty of this, have taken away credit from guys like Adam Flagler who is doing a really good job defensively. Like I, there are possessions where I watch Flagler and think, Hey, he's not a bad on ball defender. I mean, the the guy is making people uncomfortable. Keontae, he, he's got his ups and downs. He's, he's an inconsistent defender. LJ is an inconsistent defender. I've really been impressed with Adam. And one guy who had thrown the mix there would be Langston love. Like at this point, the intensity with which Langston love plays and what he's brought to the floor, uh, there was a time too. I would said Caleb Lohner because of physicality. I think that's dialed back a little bit and has become more reckless than it has consistent and controlled physicality. But give me like I to give credit to some guys we haven't talked about defensively. Watch Adam Flagler tomorrow. Watch Langston Love tomorrow. Those guys both play with such a fervor when they're on ball on the ball defensively, and we don't talk about that enough. Yeah, I mean Langston was who was matched up with Jalen Wilson a lot when we played. Kansas worked out well, home, and it worked out really well. He, I, I think he got into some foul trouble. Had the box score up? No, he didn't. I was wrong. He had one foul. But there were the, Kansas hunted switches. I mean, Bill Self is going to continue to coach well. He's one of the best coaches of all time. But oh, yeah. I do think that there are ways for us to not necessarily say all of our attention has to be on Jalen Wilson because he's talented right. enough where he's going to get his. If we take away the supplemental pieces, I think that it's going to. There's a path to a victory that is much easier than I think people think. 
because of the brand Kansas, the location of Fog Allen, the preconceived notion that the officials are going to run rampant. And you know what? Maybe on Monday on your next show, you're going to say, remember that guy, Brandon McKinnon, that guy's an idiot. And that's true. <laughs> but I do think there's a path also because of the depth. Kansas only really plays six guys that play over 10 minutes a game. I mean, that's a real thing. And so it's really just yes, if off the bench, I think we're a deeper team and I think we're going to get it done. Drake Toll, hand up in the back. This is you know, why you watch on YouTube. I had an ad break. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to push that ad break a little bit here because I'm going to push back on that. We have made a point, Brandon, all the time that Baylor is such a deep team. It's, a, it's what makes Baylor so good. But I have confidence in – let's see how many players this is. Jonathan Chamochach was one. Adam Flagler, mm-hmm. LJ Cryer, Keontae George, Jalen Bridges, and Langston Love. Six guys. Those are the only six that I have confidence when they hit the floor. Those are the only six right now. We talked about how deep Baylor is, but Dale Bonner's been filtered out of the rotation. Caleb Lohner is good for one, just like Caleb Y play at least every time he comes in. And then Flo Thamba is Flo Thamba. That, like, we've talked about how deep Baylor is, but there are six guys that I really think they touch the floor. They're going to do something good. That's not that deep. I agree with everything you just said. Do you? Caleb Lohner is... A golden retriever on the floor. He's a bot sometimes. Tr- truly. And and it's it's great to watch. Flo is your biggest back alley enemy in America. That is a true, true thing. It's a rivalry at this point. Again, but, I labeled him one of the worst starters in the Big 12. And I, I, I by definitely that. heard that. And you might be correct. But the minutes mean something. Down the stretch, physical Big 12 play. I'm not saying that. From a depth perspective, I think that Caleb Lohner could have an out-of-body experience and go for 10 points and five rebounds in Fog Allen. I'm 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 not a realistic fan, but I'm a little bit realistic <laughs> on expectations there. The minutes make a huge difference because the brand of basketball that's being played in the Big 12, physical, fast pace, high scoring, you need to just give guys a breather. When I say deep, I'm just looking for somebody like a Caleb Lohner who can check in for eight minutes and the wheels don't completely fall off, even though he has the lowest plus minus on the team, when Jalen Bridges needs a break. That's what I'm saying from a depth perspective. There's going to be a world where we look at the box score. I mean, I'm just looking at the box score from the first time we played them. Okay. Jalen Wilson played 38 minutes. Dewan Harris played 37 minutes. Kevin McCuller played 36 minutes. Those are their main guys. KJ Adams, really their only true post player, played 28 minutes. Grady Dick played uh, 31 minutes. And then Yesifu, who's the guy I mentioned off the bench, played 15. No one else played more than four minutes for Kansas. Jeez. That's my take, man. I think we're going to get it done. I think we're hitting our stride. The defense is going to come together. Wilson's going to get his. There are going to be stretches where Jalen Wilson scores eight straight points, and we're like, what the hell? But I think we're going to weather the storm and get it done. I do. Speaking of weathering storms, Brandon, every time there is a storm, which there was the other day in Waco, it woke me up, actually. I love storm. Can we all agree on one thing? When it rains, there's nothing better than being in bed. When it's cold and rainy, there's nothing better. Except FanDuel. It's the only thing that is better than being in bed on a cold and rainy day. FanDuel is the number one sports book in the in the entire United States of America. I'm going to go, like, right now, I've got a parlay. I've got a three-team parlay in the National Hockey League, which some – I. I'm a degenerate at this point, so I've become a hockey fan for some reason. I get like I'm going right now. The Seattle Kraken are up two nothing. That's huge. I need that. They're up two nothing. The the Boston Bruins they won five nothing. It's huge. I need that. The Golden Knights are tied zero zero with the Sharks. I mean, it's nothing to you, but it means everything to me because it's all on Fanduel. 
parlays, money lines, no sweat first bets. You bet $1,000 on a no sweat first bet right now. I told you it's 3000 Well, it's 1000 now. It's one no sweat first bet. You make the bet, and if he doesn't hit, you get $1,000 back in free play. Great, right? Just download the FanDuel app. It's safe. It's easy to use. There, uh, You can do all kinds of uh, exclusive bets and like parlays and stuff. Uh, no sweat first bet at FanDuel.com forward slash locked on. FanDuel.com forward slash locked on. Make every moment with FanDuel. Official betting partner of the NBA and the NFL and of me. Yeah, so I placed that no sweat first bet for $3,000 yesterday, Drake. I don't and believe And I you. reached out to FanDuel. And they said, your $2,000 Delta is coming from Drake C. Toll. That's his at on Twitter. So uh, you owe me $2,000. All right. We'll see what I can hammer out there. <laughs> have my bosses in Alaska pay you that. Yeah. Um, in, my, in Anchorage. The, Brandon, the Big 12 is, is good at basketball. We've checked that box off. Then Saturday's matchups don't bring a total, like, the conference is not going to be won or lost on Saturday outside of Baylor and Kansas because the Iowa State at Kansas State game is, to me, both those teams are out of the conversation at this point. Oklahoma's playing at Texas. OU is maybe the worst team in the Big 12, and Texas is Texas. That should be a pretty easy win for the Longhorns. Uh, the other game, Texas Tech at West Virginia, that matters for nothing, and then Oklahoma State goes to TCU. Oklahoma State with a wild outside shot to maybe have the conversation of being a – they can't win the conference. Um, so that's kind of the outlook on what Saturday's going to be. If Oklahoma, by chance, topples Texas, then it really doesn't matter the outcome of the Baylor and Kansas game. Aside, if you're the Bears, if you're whoever, if you win this game, you can put yourself in a position going down. Like, this is this is the game to me. If Baylor wins this game, they win the Big 12 Conference. That's, I, like, I'm laying it out there right now. If Baylor wins this game, it wins the Big 12 Conference. If Baylor loses this game, it is a very steep uphill climb. Yes, the it feels like the loser of this game, like we said at the jump, right, is on the outside looking in. There's the really with th four games left. Yeah, it's just yeah. Tough. I mean, it's not like the hottest take on the planet, but maybe my <laughs> Dewan Harris is Kansas's most important player. We'll we'll give the listeners what they're here for. Yeah. Um, man, the Big Twelve is really going to come down to three games, right? It's Baylor at Kansas, it's Texas at Baylor, and it's Kansas at Texas. Yeah, and that's really it. And so. Fortunately, unfortunately, you can say we control our own destiny of, you know, those we will have played Kansas and Texas before Kansas goes to Texas. So, you know, it's a it's going to be a gauntlet. But outside of those two games, I mean, we do have some easy games down the stretch. I, I still think we're going to get it done in Fog Allen. I do. I really, really do. I just have a gut feeling. I don't know, man. I mean, look, so look at this. If you win at Kansas and you win at home against Texas, I, I, I it does, it's, not, it's not easy. Don't, don't say it. Don't say it. Don't it's say not it. easy, yeah. but you could put yourself in a position where that game where Kansas goes to Texas is moot. That whoever wins that, who cares? Baylor's the Big 12 champion. The problem, Brandon, and I, I'm going to go. Okay, call me out. Call, remember the thing we texted about earlier? Call me out on it. Yeah, so apparently you were capping the last time we potted together a few days ago. You said that you thought that Texas had an incredibly, incredibly difficult path the rest of the season you said this and i don't know if you misspoke but you did lay out the games and then on wednesday's pod yeah. you said that they had a very easy path so drake tell the people what's changed man i'm just a liar <laughs> that, just, that that plus the three thousand dollars of free bets just a pathological liar i guess yeah i'm just yeah. reading the notes 
Um, I yeah, I don't know why I said that because Texas definitely has an easier path than like, they had four or five straight games of just like nothingness, um, including Oklahoma at home, by the way. Whereas Baylor gets five teams that are all top twenty-five caliber: Kansas, Kansas State, who are both top twenty-five; Texas, who are all three top fifteen. Oklahoma State's going to be ranked by the time Baylor gets to them on the road, and then Iowa State at home, who might not be ranked, but we'll see what happens there. Like, look. Say you beat Kansas and Texas, you could still lose at Kansas State. You could still lose at Oklahoma State. Like there, there is a reasonable, reasonable path to Baylor going one and four in this stretch or two and three in this stretch. And uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Think about it, like loss at Kansas. Yeah, that makes sense. Loss at Kansas State could happen for sure. Win against Texas. All right, sweet. Loss at Oklahoma State. Mm, yeah. Win against Iowa State. Like that two and three, super reasonable here. The, the two and three is reasonable. The one and four, that's tough. One and four, you're staring down the barrel of a loss to Texas at home. And the other three games you lose are on the road against really good Big 12 opponents. Like one and four is that, I'm not saying it's going to happen. Yeah. But the sky's not falling if it does. Like this team's still a four seed. Dude, we had such a fun moment on Wednesday's show. When you were the positive good cop after I do that? the West Virginia point? game, and I was the bad cop, yeah, and now yeah. we just completely roll reversed again, and you're just right back. You're I can't be the, the good cop for long, Brandon. That's true. Flo Thamba is expecting me to have sound bites he can listen to pregame. Fire so I think you pretty much need to cut up all of your Flo Thamba takes, and if he ever has a national championship caliber lockdown Drew Timmy game again, you yeah. just need to have those cut up into an MP4 and send, send that Flo. out. Yeah. <laughs> no, send it to Flo and he can post it. Like, yeah. this is for my haters. That way you can take responsibility for Flo Thamba's collegiate success. I feel like that's what we're really building up towards. I just, I don't know. I'll tell you what, Clegg, it's wild to me. If you go back and listen to any show pre, like, January 20th, <laughs> never mention Flo Thamba. Usually it's like, no, Flo played well last night or didn't notice much from Flo. Who cares? And then one game, I think, I don't remember what, I think we won by 20, but I just watched Flo. I was like, God bless America. I can't. There's no way he exists. And Dude, the first, the first part of the season, it was whether it was me or Cameron or anybody you had on the Talk Baylor basketball, it was the guards, Keontae, Adam, LJ, Langston. Like we said, we were just repeating their names. We never said Flo's name. And then for some reason, this vendetta has just erupted. And Winning his player in, te in team history. Most <laughs> conference wins. Like, like, yeah, he has, like, they've given him every autograph Baylor basketball they can. And you're just like, no, not enough uh, for me. Yeah. It's funny to me. Like, guy had zero rebounds against TCU. It's like winning this all-time Big 12. Yes! Yeah, so yes! I was at a... I was at a wedding for the TCU game. I think I mentioned right. that. And when I saw your tweet that Flo had zero rebounds, not I, texted, a single one. I had to text you and Cam, and I was like, what is happening? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe he has Again, a big game against Kansas. I hope so. Maybe he does, and then I can eat crow. I want to. He keeps having cool dunks. He's had two or three cool dunks recently. I'm going to need yeah. him to – like I, the, the second it comes out, I feel like, um, you know – the, the guy in the movie where it's like, you know, he's the mean, like why he's the old mean guy in the very end. The guy's like, see, see what I've done. And you're like the guy with the shovel in home alone where everyone thinks he's a murderer. And then he's yeah. like the greatest person. Yeah. yeah here you're we like all along. All I wanted for you was success. That's me to flow Thamba at the very end. Of, like he wins a national championship and I kind of a crippled old man out to the front court. That's just what I wanted for you, Flo. And he, 
and your old man voice is the same as your drunk northeastern voice i, I like this i like this side it of is it. i spent one and, summer on cape cod they're the same thing but you say on cape cod not in cape cod which i appreciate as a yeah, uh true i know as a mass hole but yeah i don't even know where we were going with this but not you know flo is going to dominate kj adams we're going to beat kansas and fog out all right you're going to eat crow i actually don't know if flo is going to dominate i've flo i hope you dominate clip this i hope you yeah. dominate um, I hope they have one manager who's just his only job. Flo comes to him every day. Is like, what did they say yesterday? Yeah, uh, and they're like, you wouldn't believe this. Yeah, get uh, ready, Flo. This one's if real I, wild. If I ever get to interview Flo again, I'm gonna just zoom, like, pull you into the call and just be like, Flo, this is the guy. Got a special this guest is the here, guy. Flo. Yeah, be like, what are what are we doing? <laughs> He's gone. Never talks to you again. Yeah. Um, all right. That's Brandon McKinnon. I'm Drake Toll. This is Scott Drew. Scott Drew! Preview Kansas for me. Scott, take it away. Uh, absolutely. Uh, you look at it, um, last three years, two winningest Power 5 programs, last two national champs. Uh, I heard one commentator said it's uh, the new North Carolina-Duke rivalry. Um, but uh, at the end of the day, a lot of respect for uh, Coach Self, their program. Um, everybody in the Big 12, it's a, it's a war each and every night. So um, this is just a, another one of those, uh, uh, if you do everything you can, it gives you a chance to uh, uh, have an opportunity down the stretch to get a win in a tough environment. Do you, uh, obviously you have played in a lot of tough arenas. Mm -hmm. Do you prepare them any differently for this or Tell them what to expect. I, obviously, a lot of guys have been there, but yeah, uh, there's there's um, uh, every road game. You try to go over uh, um, uh, what you want to uh, do offensively, defensively. Different signals you'll use if the crowd's too loud, you can't hear, um, and that, that's why it's always more challenging playing on the road than at home. Um, so uh, that's that's part of why uh, uh, it's tough to win on the road. But uh, the big thing with, with uh, Kansas, why they're good at home, is um, like every Big 12 team, uh, they, they usually play better at home. And uh, it starts with us taking care of the basketball, not giving them easy buckets on our turnovers. Um, we got to do a better job rebounding than we did last game against West Virginia on the defensive glass. Uh, and then offensively, we have to do a good job uh, making sure we're getting the shots that uh, uh, are high percentage and the shots that we want. Coach, obviously you've played Kansas before, but without the traditional center that they've had in the past, yeah. how has that changed maybe the way that they look? Well, good coaches always adapt to their personnel, and the last time we played them, they did a lot of switching. They have a lot of guys similar size, and uh, uh, Coach Self did a good job utilizing that. And uh, There's always strengths and weaknesses with any player, any team. Um, obviously, uh, uh, they've had some tremendous bigs in the past. Uh, KJ's really given them a different kind of dimension in the past So uh, than the past. So with us, uh, the big thing is uh, on the road in the Big 12, you just got to uh, make sure that you're not giving people easy buckets. Uh, and that starts with taking care of the basketball and getting back in transit position defense. How do you get it? Jalen, when he, he talked about when he went to the fog for the first time, he kind of was like wide-eyed and just <laughs> taking it all in. Yeah. How do you make it so that when Keontae or Langston stepped yeah. on the floor for the first time, they're locked in? 
Well, the best the best thing is uh, they've been to other Big 12 venues, and uh, I mean, again, uh, uh, which one's louder? They're all loud. I mean, uh, 747, 737, whatever the different planes are, they're all loud. So, I mean, uh, it's it's a loud gym. That's life on the road in the Big 12. Uh, and and with us, it's more about the players on the court. I mean, the fans haven't scored any buckets against us all year. So uh, again, we got to do a good job in uh, controlling what we can control and uh, making sure that we put our best foot forward and don't beat ourselves. You guys did pretty well on the glass in the first matchup against them. How key is that tomorrow? And how much do you turn to Jalen to almost do what he did against Kansas here? Well, I think uh, that that's what makes a good team is you got to have different people capable of stepping up. Because not every night is your your night. There's certain matchups that benefit you and benefit your team, um, and and you try to always exploit what advantages you might have. But at the same time, uh, the teams that are really good have multiple people that are capable of stepping up and having great games. And I think uh, you look at it, TCU, Adam had a great game. Uh, you look at West Virginia the first time, Keontae had a great game. Uh, you look at West Virginia the second time, LJ had a great game. Um, you look some games as Jalen, some games uh, uh, Flo and John have had more production. So, I mean, the fact that you have a, a, a team that uh, those are the teams that are that are more dangerous to play. If it's just one or two guys that can hurt you, usually those teams are good when they're good. But when those one or two guys aren't good, they struggle. And it really takes a team to win. So uh, don't know who will be uh, on come Saturday, but hopefully everybody's on defensively and we're all taking the right shots. And then from there, who's ever making uh, uh, more plays, uh, then you're being a great teammate and getting them in position to make more great plays. One hundred percent. Again, the best teams have multiple guys that are capable of hurting you. And again, it's not everybody's night shooting wise. I mean, you watch the NBA and the best scores, they're going to have bad nights uh, shooting the ball. Um, but the teams that have multiple guys that are capable of putting up big numbers can win on nights when some are struggling. Well, Jalen does a lot of a lot of the things that uh, lead to winning. A lot of winning plays. Uh, uh, does a tremendous job on the glass. Um, low turnover guy. Um, makes the right passes. Doesn't force things. Uh, he's getting more and more comfortable putting it down. And the fact that he shoots it so well, it stretches the defense, which gives other people opportunities. Defensively, how have you seen this team kind of adapt and evolve as the season's gone on? Well, I think. Uh, uh, it, it, it's a different defense uh, than most are used to playing when prior to coming in. And I know a lot of our league plays no middle, but uh, you have a lot of freshmen and uh, first-year players. Like even Jalen, the defense he's played at West Virginia was completely different. So it takes time to learn that new footwork. Like teams that are really good defensively, it's all instinctual because you've done it uh, habitually for three years or four years. And uh, as the years gone on, our guys have gotten better at our rotations, better at our closeouts, better at knowing what we want to do on ball screen coverage. At the same time, uh, offenses usually uh, tweak things and improve, so it's a constant uh, rat race. Um, but analytically, we are better today than we were.
coaching staff to kind of adjust to those hmm. maybe small, maybe large changes like bringing out turnaround jumpers and stuff like that? Yeah. Uh, you're always going to adjust what you do to your personnel. Um, but with John, I think we haven't had as much time to watch him with our guys in the rotation just because when he came back, he had been mostly with the scout team. So, uh, and then it's always different when the lights come on. And I thought last game, he really was more patient with the ball, started to slow down a little bit. We know it's going to take several games, several weeks, till we really know what to expect. And then the other thing is just how he feels from quick games, from turnaround to turnaround, Saturday, Monday, three games, five days, six days, whatever it is. And it's been phenomenal what he's been able to achieve and accomplish. But um, sometimes fans see things the same time coaches see things. And uh, really with John, you're not practicing a ton of time right now. It's more prep and play. And you really, the practice, 90% of your practice is put in, uh, in in October, November, and December. After that, it's tweaking and and making sure that uh, you're, you're primed and ready to go. So we're all learning uh, the same. And as we see John do things like, hey, we need to do more of this. And you see the other things like, well, maybe we won't do as much of that. <laughs> but uh, I think in, in by the time Big 12 play gets here, tournament time, uh, we'll have a pretty good assessment of uh, where he wants the ball, where he can be effective, and then uh, how we can best put our team in to be successful with that. As far as that was Scott Drew. This is Drake Tolf from Sports Illustrated Inside the Bears, alongside the most talented basketball analyst in America, Brandon McKinnon. Look at that. Look, put your hand right there where it kind of like crosses out. No, the, it's going to go the other way. You see what I'm saying? Oh, I, I was yes. Make, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is why you watch on YouTube. Uh, that's good. That's good. Boom. Uh, thank you for making Locked On Baylor your first listen every single day. Go check Cameron out at Our Daily Bears. It's daily. It's Bears. Uh, this has been, always will be. Brandon, where are you watching the game from tomorrow? I will be on my couch in the comfort of my own home. My wife has a tennis match, and I'm just going to have a lot of leftover beers from the Super Bowl. Dr. Peppers, excuse me, clean pod, and my green Yeti, and it's going to be elite. We're ready. <clears throat> This has been an always will be. Thanks for making your first listen every single day. Locked on Baylor. Baylor.